Hello, everybody. I'm Quinn. And I'm Blake. And we're the pop maestros of the podcast generation. Yes, welcome back to the show. And today we are here to discuss not 29, not 31, but 30 by Adele. Yes. Released November 19th, 2021 on Columbia Records. Yes. What an event. I know. Adele this is, is back. I know. This is very exciting. And so this is really our first foray, foray into covering an album that has been released truly in the present moment. And so partially why we decided to choose 30, I was the one who initially proposed the idea to Quinn. But I feel like 30 has really been the first kind of huge event album that has come out since we started the show and so it felt appropriate especially since we were kind of in our cycle going to cover an album from kind of the 2016 to 2021 time period anyway that we choose 30. Yeah and I mean this is uh, monumentous in a lot of different ways. Um, this album was really born out of the pandemic and there's just a lot of different ways that I think we are all seeing the world now and uh, thinking about things and it's just been such a delight you know an Adele album was gonna be an event regardless of when it came out or what the context was it's been you know since 2016 that she's 2015, Yeah, 2015, six years. Yes, and she's released an album. So, I mean, it it was going to be, you know, a headline anyway. But um, in looking at this project, it really is indicative of where the royal we are as a society right now, while at the same time being an incredibly personal Mm -hmm. look into Adele's world, uh, the likes of which we really haven't seen before. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, and I don't know about uh, how it has been for you, Blake. I, mm-hmm. I, I, my anecdotal understanding is that this holds true for you as well. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've been spoiled for riches, you know, mm-hmm. in 2021. A ton of my favorite artists have come out with some of the best work that they've ever done. Mm-hmm. And it's just been a very exciting time as a music fan. And I think in some senses, Adele is kind mm-hmm. of the world's favorite music artist. So mm-hmm. her coming out with uh, some brand new material that I think is just really fantastic mm-hmm. at the end of this year that has seen so much, you know, the, the pandemic inflect so much influence on the artistic capabilities of some of our favorite artists in the game. Um, it just seems appropriate and mm-hmm. right to discuss her in this way because um, she kind of is emblematic to me of many of the amazing artists that I follow that maybe don't have the platform that she does that have released great stuff this year Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i completely agree with that i think you know at least from my own experience i feel very lucky to have gotten as much amazing music as from my favorite artists this year as i have except rihanna what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) put that aside yes no rihanna or frank ocean this year sadly but you never know there's still there's still time there's still time but Regardless, I think this has already been an incredible year for music. I think it's also been wonderful to see live music also make a return. But I think especially, yeah, Adele. I feel like every 
every release since 21 i mean she's only released essentially it's only been 21 25 and now 30 within the past 10 years but i feel like in each respective year 2011 2015 and now 2021 those albums really and especially those singles have really stood the test of times and they've always been events i think it's crazy to think that if I, we were to think about, if we were to turn on, go back in time to 2011 and turn on the radio, like we would hear Rolling in the Deep or Set Fire to the Rain or Rumor Has It. And here we are 10 years later and we turn on the radio again. And now we have Easy on Me. And I heard that another one, another album track, which we will be discussing later on, is going to be released as a single soon. But I think adele has just really cemented herself as a powerhouse of not only just pop music but just music in general and i think has really been one of the defining voices of the 2010s decade and now i'm we're all really excited to see how her career and her art continues in the 2020s yeah and i think you make a great point about the singles but even beyond that adele is a um, incredible albums artist i mean 21 Mm. is the best performing album of all time, according mm-hmm. to charts. And um, yeah. I don't know if it's quite there with sales yet, but mm-hmm. I mean, that appreciates over time. And I think 21 has remained a blockbuster. It was the number one album of 2011 and 2012. Yeah. It's just, um, it was, it's, you cannot overstate the blockbuster success in a time period where album sales were completely slouched. Oh, yeah. And continue to be. I mean, that is yeah. a trend that has, Continue. You look at like album sales of like even like the Britney Spears Backstreet Boys heyday yeah. versus now artists that are at equivalent levels now as like mm-hmm. those artists were then. Like their album sales are minuscule. Compared, oh yeah. Compared to you know what album sales used to be, and Adele really seems to be the only artist that can continue to put up record shattering mm-hmm. album numbers, not just for the current era we're in, but also for all time and this i think will continue to not be an exception like i was walking around target the other day and i mean there are various booths that have been set up in target to commemorate this event of an album and you can buy the cd and i'm i we don't have a ton of data yet or you know a lot of knowledge on how this album will perform only time can tell but Mm -hmm. i'm expecting Yet another string of um, impeccable sales, singles, performance. Adele still seems to have the magic, and we're only, you know, really at the very beginning of what this period of her. <laughs> you know, I, I was watching some interview with her where it's like, "You yeah. ready to be famous again, Adele?" So mm-hmm. for this this spurt of time that she's gonna be famous, yeah, um, we've really only you know touched just the beginning of it. So I fully expect. Uh, this to just continue her string of success and um, I I think that um, it's easy to just chalk it up to well it's Adele of course but I mean she's continuing to prove herself and I I see that continuing and you know I I love that she doesn't just churn out music when the industry demands I think that's also bucking a lot of conventional wisdom about what people Mm -hmm. want in music right now you think about who else is really big right now in the industry? Like, you know, Drake and 
uh, Ariana Grande and Taylor Swift and like all of these other artists that you consider like titans mm -hmm. of the industry right now. I mean, they're kind of constantly churning yeah. out new material. And like, I think there's this real tangible fear among the the teams of all of these A-listers that like if you don't keep pouring out and pouring out and giving 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 people are going to get bored and turn away but um I think Adele really doesn't give a shit yeah and it I she might be the only person that can get away with it or maybe more artists should take take a, a leaf out of her book and I I think you know like Frank Ocean and Rihanna are two people that have already come up mm -hmm. on this you know this podcast and yeah. Maybe they're playing this exactly right. I mean, I, yeah. I do kind of think when they emerge um, mm -hmm. musically, I, I think, like, particularly Rihanna hasn't really gone anywhere. She's still as yeah. famous and ubiquitous as she's been. She's just in different arenas now. Mm. Yeah. Like, I do think, like, maybe there is something to that. Like, mm. maybe some of these artists should consider pumping the brakes and, yeah. you know, making their releases more event-like. But, again... God, even so, like, I don't know that anyone's going to be able to pull off such a thing like Adele can. Mm -hmm. And that is just a testament to how she is able to navigate her fame in a really compartmentalized way. Like, yeah. it, it is shocking to me, considering this woman's level of fame. Like, I don't think we've ever seen her son. Like, I mm -hmm. don't think there's pictures of him. Yeah. We didn't know she was married until, like, several years after it had happened like mm -hmm. she's managed to actually keep her life extremely private yeah and really kind of decide when pick and choose when she wants to be famous of course i'm sure there's many things that she mm -hmm. <laughs> still can't that aren't kept private that she would like kept private but um yeah it's just it's curious to see this strategy now in 2021 when so many artists are just rushing to get out as much material as possible all the time mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i again i completely agree with that and i think it's been you know it's been a six-year wait but i feel like you know just that she has immediately gone back into it and just seeing the reception that she's gotten so far i think this is really exciting because this is kind of the first review that we've done where we talk about an album and we don't really know its legacy yet our most recent album before this is positions which we did that at least positions has been out for all, pretty much a year at the time that we recorded that episode and so this is really exciting in that we don't know exactly what this album's legacy it's going to be or how it is going to cement itself within the cultural conversation in the coming months or the coming years or where it's going to stand in Adele's discography but I think but I think that's going to be I think that's still really exciting and, and we're really just really excited to jump in and talk about the music you're getting our thoughts hot off the presses I think Adele and the event of this album and the spectacle of this album is definitely an important topic to discuss. But I gotta say, in diving into this 30 as a work of art, I was really blown away by the artistry on display here uh, with Adele and a really shockingly bold choices in terms of the level of vulnerability and um, the 
the letting us in component mm-hmm. of this album. I felt really invited into her space in these really intimate ways. This album is really a story of divorce and she is described yeah. a way to explain to her son why this divorce took place and communicating love and just putting a lot of different dimensions I'm sure not all of her emotions but many of her emotions on display there's songs about um, blaming herself there's songs about her blaming Simon (laughs) um, who is her ex and there's songs about just all the flurry of emotions the ups and downs the roller coaster of experiencing such a dramatic uh, life change and you know in the public eye I was really struck um, just in thinking about like this is really the first time at least some of these songs in the the landscape of Adele that she's been famous and single at the same time like so much of her time spent being famous uh, since really 21 blew up I know Mm -hmm. 19 I think often gets forgotten but 19 was pretty successful as well yeah but really since 21 I mean she's been in a relationship this Mm -hmm. whole time and like this album really explores kind of the beginnings of those feelings of and I'm sure that's very overwhelming to have had at least some source of stability and something that grounds you that Mm -hmm. maybe takes you to a time before all of these very strange things started to happen to you yeah um but yeah that was I was really intrigued by some of those moments on the album and like the track listing just really takes you through um, this very sequential, see, like sequential mm-hmm. sequence of events. This um, this emotional roller coaster that she was going on at the time, and I was really impressed um, in a way that um, I hadn't necessarily been with Adele before, mm-hmm. and she's whipped up some of the meanest songs of this generation. So, you know, to to really top herself, like I thought. This was really cool. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, there was just so much of this album that really completely took me by surprise. You know, I put it on the day that it released, and from track one, and of course we're going to go through each track on an individual basis, but I think there's just so many different sort of style, musical styles and textures, and just even on a purely sonic level, there's so much experimentation happening that I feel like I haven't really heard from Adele before I think and I think in terms of her subject matter as well is her going through this very painful divorce and I feel like you know Adele has always been an incredibly emotional performer and she's been able to write these really powerful and emotionally tinged you know heartbreak ballads of course rolling in the deep is one of the biggest songs ever And I think what she's been able to do, especially with 21 and 25, was that she was really able to create kind of these like very universal songs about heartbreak, about, you know, even thinking about like, hello, this kind of statement of longing and regret. So I feel like she's able, she's been really able to create like these very universally relatable, like, you know, chart topping record smashing songs. But with this record, and, you know, I think there's definitely always been a very personable quality about those songs, but I feel like 
she the intention that comes across with this record is that she very much wrote and produced and made this album for herself this was a part of her processing this very kind of sudden and very tumultuous change in her life and thinking about how she not only made it for herself but also made it for her son and overall there's just so many layers to this project as a whole that i was just really just blown away by and i'm really excited to dive into later on in the show yeah and so for the listener that wasn't super aware of her relationship and i don't blame you because i wasn't either because so much of it has been kept from the public eye um it looks like simon and adele were together um at least before i think 2011 is the first like confirmation that they were together um because adele announced that she would start using twitter if some of her followers donated to the charity Drop for Drop that uh, Simon Konecki managed, um, and they were photographed together. There were also some speculations that um, he started a relationship with Adele um, before his divorce had been finalized from his previous wife, which um, Adele did actually comment on and said that that was not the case, and I guess his divorce had been finalized like four years before they had started being together. Mm-hmm. And again, like Adele was very clear in that communication. She was like, this is the first and last thing I will ever say on this. Um, but in any case, um, yeah, their relationship was not super out there. We know that their son, Angelo, was born in October of 2012. And... Um, I, when she accepted Grammys for 25 in 2016, um, she did refer to Simon as her husband, but um, I guess later she mentioned that they didn't actually get married until 2018, but it was just an easy thing to call him her husband. But, like, there's not pictures of their wedding anywhere. We don't know much of anything. And it looks like in 2019... Um, there were representatives of Adele that confirmed that the two of them had split up and then their divorce was finalized earlier this year in, I believe, January of 2021. So, again, like, that's kind of what was on the table about their relationship prior to this album. And to be honest with you, I don't want to get too far into her business um, because, you know, like, it's she clearly doesn't want us there, but, like, I gotta say, for listening to this album, I feel pretty appraised of what happened. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, again, like, I don't think there's photographs of Angelo anywhere in the press, which, like, I actually really respect. I have, like, a lot of feelings about people posting uh, their children, because, like, can children consent to being on social media and all this stuff? Like, yeah, I kind of tend to think no. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case... Yeah, I don't think we had a bunch of information about this. So that's, like, what's even more shocking is, like, she's kept this so private and really directed it into the heart, which is, like, that's kind of the artist M.O., so that's she's mm-hmm. not the only one that's done this. But um, it, it does, it's just, like, a really stark contrast of, like, we didn't have much to work with, and now there's, like, this very clear portrait mm-hmm. of what, this relationship was like, at least from her perspective and what it feels like. It's also, it appears, so he now lives across the street from her in Los Angeles and it's a house that she bought for him mm-hmm. and they do seem to be on good terms and I have mm-hmm. to believe that, you know, it's between them what how this went down but I'm sure Simon yeah. had listened to this before the world did. Oh, for and, sure. And, you know, okayed it and it it's very evident on the album that, like, she's very committed to her child and to 
maintaining Simon's, you know, and his relationship as well as, you know, still being co-parenting and being a family, even if they're not together. Um, and yeah, it was just, I was reading some stuff in interviews that was just really heartbreaking. Um, and I, I think we're often pretty um, callous towards celebrity divorces. They seem a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think it's easy to sort of forget that there's human beings behind this. But like she was talking about, like, Angela was asking me questions like, well, why does dad have to move out? And like, she's, she's like, I didn't know what to say. Like, well, we're divorced. And he's like, okay, but why does he have to move out? And she's like, I don't know. That's just what you do when you get divorced. And like, I just, like, I saw so much humanness in um, her desperately trying to communicate to her nine-year-old son stuff that like, he might not be able to understand yet and like in seeing this album as like an a, a letter of explanation to him that I don't even know if he'll like listen to it now and comprehend it but maybe you know in a couple years look back like that's just really touching to mm. me like it's it's so sweet and like I just I love to see that like such a blockbuster celebrity is like so concerned about like her child and mm their relationship and their family and like i think when it blows onto it that's why people love adele like you can just see that here's this woman that is just like me um you know just you know (laughs) struggling complicated has some faults has some really good qualities has an amazing talent can tap into just the emotional core of life in such a um resounding universal way that, um, yeah, I just, this feels so personal, and I, I'm really, um, as a fan, grateful that she let us in in this way. And I also hope Simon's doing okay. I mean, I'm, I'm sure this is, like, probably not the easiest week of his life, but yeah. again, like, they do seem to be on good terms, and um, mm-hmm. I, I love to see that. Yeah, same here. Another thing that I would just like to throw in here as an addendum, and this is, like, all I want to say about this, is there's been a lot of chit-chat chatter about Adele's weight. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you something. Weight and health have nothing to do with each other. Mm -hmm. Adele looks wonderful at any size. I hope that she's feeling happy and healthy. And that's really all I want to fucking say about it. It's nobody's business what this woman looks like and how she weighs. She can present herself how she wants to and that's that on that. I am so bothered by so many people who feel entitled to comment on her appearance and like all these interviews that come up that people are like talking about this and asking about it when there is like a (laughs) I'm forecasting a all-time great album on the table to discuss you can't tell me there's nothing better to talk about than like, oh, so you lost weight. Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. She's doing her. She'll talk about what she wants to talk about. And like, I just, our society has such a toxic obsession with weight and skinniness. And I can only imagine how Adele has, you know, things people have said to her and ways mm-hmm. that she's been treated. And, you know, I am sorry that she has to go through that. And, you know, I just, mm-hmm. <laughs> she looks great. She's looked great her whole career. Yeah. I don't want to talk anymore about it. And that is very fair. And that's that on that. 
And so with that, we are now going to segue into our track by track analysis. So there are 12 tracks total on, on 30 here. And oh wait. so there are 12 tracks in total on here. Uh, if you are someone who still collects physical media, specifically CDs, if you go to Target, I know Target has an exclusive version of 30 that comes with three bonus tracks. Uh, we are not going to be talking about the bonus tracks, or we're not going to be ranking the bonus tracks just because we haven't had enough time to digest them. But yeah, so we are only going to be talking about the standard track listing that is currently available on Spotify, which consists of 12 tracks. And we're just going to get right into it with track number one, Strangers by Nature. And I don't know about you, Quinn, but I absolutely love this track. I think it is such a beautiful kind of ethereal introduction into the world of 30. It honestly kind of reminds me of like the opening number of like a 1950s or like a 1960s musical. Like, well, it was inspired by Judy Garland. Yes, so, that was, yep. <laughs> yes, that makes sense. It, it tracks. Yes, it very much has that like whimsical quality about it. But I think there's this really, there's this darkness, there's this somberness, there's this sadness to it. And so I think the juxtaposition of that, this really kind of whimsical instrumental, there's these really beautiful harmonies in the background, but actually hearing the lyrics themselves and it's it's very it's a very 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 striking introduction into this story that Estelle is about to tell us and she ends the track by saying like I'm ready and overall I think it's just a phenomenal introduction into this album yeah I mean I think that first line is so striking it's like honestly hard to recover from I'll be taking flowers to the cemetery of my heart it is such a striking stylistic difference, but this is the Adele who was saying someone like you. And I gotta be honest, like, growing up, I, I don't know, how old was I in 2011? Like, 14? Um, I don't know that I had a concept of, like, 21, but now that I'm older than 21, I'm like, oh, so you were an infant. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's even more striking to me now that she, like, came up with Rolling in the Deep and someone, like, and all that stuff when she was 21 years old. But, like, this this album, like, you know, she's 30, and, like, she's seen a bit more, and is just older and wiser, and, like, it was just, like... But we're still back at that, like, no one can quite make you feel devastated like Adele can. And I just think that taking flowers to the cemetery of my heart. And, yeah, I was very excited by this as the opener because I think, again, stylistically, it is such a departure. And there's a lot of these sort of, like, 60s girl group sounds. Mm. And, like, yeah. this isn't really, like, 60s girl group, but very much, like, that kind of yesteryear, like, mm -hmm. old movie kind of quality. Yeah. And I do want to credit, she's teamed up now for the first time with, and my Swedish friends will read me for my pronunciation of this, but mm -hmm. Ludwig Goransson. Mm -hmm. um, and he, his claim to fame is he worked with Childish Gambino and yes. on the Black Panther soundtrack. So this is a really interesting collaboration. Um, mm -hmm. And he shows up here on this first track. And I, yeah, I'm just really swept up in the sweet romanticism 
and you know she's introducing us to this story this heartbreak um this you know this failed relationship that she feels really guilty about and i also think like her feelings and thoughts have a lot to do with being a woman and like sort of the expectation and again she said this in interviews i'm not a woman so i don't want to speak as i am Mm -hmm. but i just this expectation of like you're the woman you're supposed to like make this work and figure it out and like you can really get the sense that she feels very guilty and like she failed by leaving this relationship and i think by the end of this she's really making it clear like i don't regret it even though society expects me to regret it and you know in defense of my own happiness i think this album could also be called and like I don't know about you, but, like, that's... I don't know. I really need to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> like, in defense of my own happiness, like, yes, I'm going to make decisions that may, on the face of it, be not what the world wants me to mm-hmm. do, but, like, fuck it. I'm grown, and, like, I know that I need to do this for me, so, like, I'm just going to have to do it and live with the consequences. And, like, that... I, I just... It's a grown woman sentiment, and it's, mm-hmm. it's something that I'm happy to hear her express and, like, heartbroken that she had all of this expectation mm-hmm. thrust upon her, yeah, either projected or not. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the lyrics that sticks out to me within this track itself is specifically the lyric, no one knows what it's like to be us. And I think that ties into so much what we've been talking about earlier in, you know, in terms of how much of this relationship was kept out of the public eye. And that, you know, it may have been acknowledged a couple of times. You know, we may have had confirmation that it actually happened. And that, you know, we don't really know the details of it. And I think how it ends with the, all right, then I'm ready. It feels like we are about to get into something really deep. And it feels kind of Adele just pouring us a glass of wine and being like, you know what? I'm going to tell you this really sad story. But, like, this is my story and I'm going to fucking own it. And I... I'm I'm here for it. I think she's gonna us, rebut yeah. all her rebuttals. Yeah, she's gonna rebut all of her rebuttals. The I old think... Adele can't come to the phone right yes. now. <laughs> but yeah, she cannot say hello. She is saying hello from yeah. the other side. Yes, she is. <laughs> but yes, it has. It's just like this very like this like very conversational feel about it. It feels oh. like you're just like with her and like her apartment or wherever she is now. Like, there's just the intimacy that she's able to establish just so early on. It's just, it's it's unparalleled. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah, and it's just, the production is dreamy. It's yes. just a soft introduction into this new sound for her. Like, it's just, it's a lovely opener. Yes. So, I hate to contradict Adele, but there may be no more gold in the river of her relationship. Well, there is plenty of gold in the river of this song. <laughs> Easy on me. Track two. Yes. Um, so this was the lead single of this album. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with the charts and then work into the meat of the song. Mm-hmm. So this song didn't debut at number one on the Hot 100 because it was available for a measly five hours in the tracking week prior mm-hmm. to its you know first full week of tracking. It was only available for five hours. Mm-hmm. And it debuted at number 68 oh. on the Billboard Hot 100. So mm-hmm. with five hours of availability, mm-hmm. it was the 68th pop, most popular song for the whole week. Yeah. And then, of course, the next week, mm-hmm. this song shot up to number one. And mm-hmm. um, 
it was like only the 21st time in chart history that a number one song had like over double the amount of chart points mm-hmm. over the number two song. The last time this happened was when your girl, Olivia Rodriguez, the driver's license. Olivia so. Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Oh, shit. <laughs> Fucked it up. Sorry, Olivia. You're great. Um, and aside, I actually did, um, I watched the first episode of High School Musical, the musical, the, the story, the high school, <laughs> whatever the show's called. High <laughs> School Musical, the musical, the series. <laughs> whatever the, that thing was, I watched the first episode. It was I, I liked it. It was good oh cute and olivia was great yeah anyway back to (laughs) so yes um yeah this song shot right to number one um today to record in this podcast it's been number one for four weeks it was just um taken off the top by um taylor swift Mm -hmm. um with her all too well 10 minute version um we haven't (laughs) the chart will come out tomorrow of what we're to expect but i would think this is probably going back to number one after yeah. the release of this album. Probably. So, to date, four weeks, but we'll see how long it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, Adele's fifth number one song, her mm-hmm. first one since Hello in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gotta say, like, when I first pressed play on it and was, like, half listening to it, I was like, well, this is Adele. This is an Adele song. Sounds like it. And, like, I didn't... I wasn't really like, oh, this is a new venture for her and like now that I've actually spent some time with this song I am so impressed by it and I think it's really um I don't know that it's going to be like the next rolling in the deep someone like you like I think she already has her signature song and I don't know that the song like will replace it in any way but boy like what a wealth of meanings that this song has because like the the refrain go easy on me like it just is so many different things it's talking to angelo her son and saying like i know like i broke your heart by ending this relationship with your father like please go easy on me like i had a reason for doing what i did and i hope in time you can understand it's also uh, to simon and saying Mm -hmm. like i'm sure that like this is not ideal for you but like please go easy on me like i you know this is this is what I'm, this is where I'm at right now. It's also, like, to herself mm-hmm. and, like, telling herself, like, go easy on yourself, Adele. Mm-hmm. Like, you're human. We all fuck up. Things don't always work out the way that we thought they would. Go easy on yourself. It's also telling the listener, like, it's kind of a threat and an invitation of, it's like, mm-hmm. you don't, you didn't live my life. So go easy on me, whatever judgments you have. But also, like, I'm about to, like, this is only track two. Like, I'm about to give you what, you know, what this story was, what this experience was from my perspective. And, like, be careful with it. Be tender with, um, go easy on it. Like, this is, um, I'm, I'm letting you in. I'm giving you what you wanted. Like, take care of it. Like, mm-hmm. and I just think, like, that is a lot of different meanings to pack into, like, mm-hmm. just, like, an effortless Adele song that, you know, glided to the top of the charts with no competition. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had a very similar experience as you when first hearing this song. Of course, she announced it. She announced that she did about a week of promo before... Uh, Easy On Me dropped as the first single. Like, in L.A., there were billboards popping up with the number 30 on it. 
the biggest kind of hint that a new Adele project was coming is that uh, Taylor Swift, her Red Taylor's version album, was originally supposed to come up or supposed to come out on November 19th. And then out of nowhere, it got pushed up a week to November 12th. And so people were speculating that who was Taylor moving her album for? And then it was an eventually Adele's name came to the forefront. The billboards popped up. And then, of course, she was posting very cryptic teasers on her Instagram. Or, like, she did the thing that so many celebrities do nowadays where, like, they delete all of their, like, previous feeds whenever they enter a new era. And then we finally got confirmation that this was the first single and that 30 was coming out this month. I will also say this is a case of history repeating itself because like I I understand that like Rihanna pushed back the release of Anti because they found out Adele was releasing 25 when she Mm -hmm. was Yeah, and Justin Bieber this is my favorite story and Mm -hmm. I again I think this is anecdotal like I don't know if this actually happened or not Yeah, but um like Justin Bieber released What Do You Mean Mm -hmm. in um like September of 2015 and it was a big success it debuted at number one and like this was coming off off of like the biggest slouch in Justin Bieber's career like terrible press like Mm -hmm. he was looked at as this like obnoxious punk kid like where are you now had come out and sort of reshaped his image as like and at the forefront of electronic like soft electronic tropical house dance music and then mm-hmm. what do you mean came in like his team was so excited like okay we got him back on the back on the track and then they <laughs> released sorry the same week Adele mm-hmm. drops hello and they were just like fucking Adele <laughs> like there really is this sort of idea mm-hmm. that like when Adele yeah. comes to the mm-hmm. forefront the industry will move out of the way for her because mm-hmm. no one's going to even try to compete with um with her influence which i just again like you know you were yeah. telling me about this you know the the red taylor version stuff and like yeah you know it just it's just kind of the same story oh again. yeah of course but i think it really speaks to the power that adele has in the and this is like taylor swift justin bieber rihanna like these yeah. are huge huge stars mm-hmm yeah, I think it's just incredible. And I think, yeah, this is a song that definitely, the first time I heard it, I was like, you know, this is really good. Like, this is very much kind of, I wouldn't say, not necessarily say the typical Adele, but like, you know, it's her sound and she's able to do it. She's able to perform it to a T. I think this is the sound, you know, this kind of very somber, bombastic ballad. She's able to, she's she's made it an art form and she's perfected it. But I feel like the more I listen to it again, there's so many multiple meanings to it. And I think there's just such a tenderness to it. And I feel like, especially with, you know, thinking about songs like Set Fire to the Rain, Rolling in the Deep, all of kind of the the staples of her career, the defining hits from 21, you know, there's a lot of anger behind those songs. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of fire. There's a lot of passion. And I feel like with Easy On Me, there's this tenderness to it that I feel like, I feel like I haven't really seen from her before, or at least not to this degree, where this is a very, it reads less as sort of, you know, as, you know, just your standard kind of breakup song, but it's just this really tender, you know, fully realized portrait of a person in a very complex situation where there are no easy answers, there are no easy solutions, no one is getting out unscathed. 
And I think, you know, having this kind of core sentiment of going easy on me, it's, you know, it's very, it's very vulnerable, but in a way that I feel like a lot of, you know, I feel like, I feel like in a way that we haven't really seen within the current kind of pop landscape, or at least within Adele's own discography, is that there is this just, again, this really tenderness and this human quality to it that just, ugh. It breaks my heart. Yeah, and I I think this song coming out of the pandemic, too, mm-hmm. I think, and again, maybe I'm just projecting, but I also think, like, I want to share, like, what my personal views are, because I think, again, why does Adele have such a stranglehold on the music industry? Like, it's because she can connect with so many different people and, like, hit on these universal themes. Like, I think... And again, like, I, there was some interview that I saw with Adele that was I loved, where it was like, she's like, I'm not making music for Gen Z. Like, yeah. everyone else can do that. Like, I'm making music for the 30-year-old millennials who drank wine. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's my demographic right now. Like, that's who this album is for. And, like, as someone that can sort of lay claim to the millennial <laughs> generation, who knows? I, I guess I'm a cusper, is what they all say. But... <laughs> Like, I really relate to, like, the lines, like, I had no time to choose what I chose to do. Like, originally that just sounds like kind of a funny, misspoken thing. But, like, there were a ton, there were a ton of people who are in this situation of, like, they were expected to make these, like, life-altering financial decisions. Like, particularly I'm thinking of with, like, you have to go to college. Like, that being the Mm -hmm. prevailing mindset of, like, the boomer generation and, like, If you want to make anything of yourself, then you have to go to college and you must do this. And like 18 year olds were out here making these like 10 hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of financial decisions when like their frontal cortex isn't even developed yet. Mm -hmm. And like the world has changed so much and a college education, it just, it, it doesn't necessarily like give you, grant you the same opportunities that it did. And like, there's just this debt written generation that like jumped through all the hoops and did what they were expected to do and were not really given what they were promised in return and like I just feel like at the end of this pandemic when like so many people have been reassessing things and questioning things and doing all this tough work and looking at the choices they made and not necessarily agreeing with them and thinking about like well what if I had made different choices it's just like it's going easy on yourself and telling you know, like the older generation that is so quick to the millennials are not buying houses because of avocado toast. It's like, can you just go easy on me for a second? Like mm-hmm. the world changed a lot. I wasn't given what I was promised by f- doing all the things you told me to do. Mm-hmm. Like back off. Like I just, it just, it feels so, it just captures the zeitgeist of, like, what I feel and what I, I think a lot of people I've talked to feel. And, like, again, I think this song is very single-conducive. Like, I comparing it to other songs on the album, like, I don't know that My Little Love is a single or, like, you know, To Be Loved are, are yeah. single songs. So, mm-hmm. like, I, there is something radio-friendly about this, but there is... I don't think that just because it's radio friendly, like the complexity yeah. and the the powerful message of this song should get lost. I feel we should mention Greg Kirsten mm-hmm. co-wrote this with Adele and produced it. And Greg Kirsten is um, a, an old standby collaborator, worked on her with Hello. He also did, you know, Stronger by Kelly yeah. Clarkson. He's been involved in some other things. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, he um, co-writes and produces um, much of this album alongside Adele, I believe is one, two, three, four, five, 
five of these tracks are collabs between the two of them. Mm-hmm. So um, th- I also think you can really hear, like, they're comfortable with each other. They know they have the rapport. Like, this song feels like it was easy for them to oh, yeah. come up with. For sure. And uh, the music video, mm-hmm. I gotta say I wasn't, like, blown away by the music video. I didn't yeah. think it was anything too wild. Um, definitely Adele has, um, uh, you know, a, a, an easiness to her look. It does kind of feel like a continuation of, like, the hello yeah. sort of style, like, this, like mm-hmm. sepia tone type yes. of thing. And mm-hmm. just a lot of her, like, sassy hand motions with a nice, um, she clearly went to the salon for a good, you know, yeah. a, a nice blowout for her hair. And yes. Her eyeliner is always incredibly well done. Yeah, like, whoever does her eyeliner. Yeah, it's very, nice. it's very good. I wish I could apply eyeliner yeah and she's like she's in a car you know like it does feel like a song that you listen to the car with your like hand kind of tickling in the wind like it's an appropriate visual i don't think adele's ever been like yeah my favorite music video artist by any means but Mm -hmm. um it is it it accompanies the song in the way that it should and i think you would expect it to being adele yeah but yes big fan of easy on me I think it delivered on the promise of Adele material someday again um, after, you know, the, the prolonged absence. And so now we move from Easy On Me to track number three, which is My Little Love, which is, I feel like this is a track that is really... I was watching Anthony Fantano's review of Adele's 30, and I feel like he made a comment that really stuck out to me, and he, when he was specifically talking about this song, is that he said that this is very much so kind of less of a song, but more so just a meditation, and I completely agree with that. The first half of this song is very much kind of, you know, typical Adele. It's slowed down from Easy On Me, but the good majority of this song's content is recorded voice memos between with conversations between her and her son and the first time i heard this it took everything in me just to not just break down crying like it is a very raw and gutting just again just a true look into the actual kind of key players of this this relationship of this divorce not only are we, you know, not only is it between, you know, Adele and Simon, but also Adele and her child, and the fact that they use actual audio of these conversations, we're getting this very, almost kind of voyeuristic look into her life, and how she's explaining this divorce to her son, and I don't know, as someone who is a child of divorce, uh, my parents divorced when I was 11, which ironically enough was the year that Adele's 21 came out, so... I it was very it was very much kind of almost a kind of surreal full circle moment as as someone as someone who has kind of been that child and had very similar conversations with my own mother to have someone whose music was kind of the soundtrack to that period in my life suddenly make a song about kind of that experience but from the opposite perspective was just a very kind of just surreal but a really really powerful moment and i think one of the mo- things that i absolutely love about this record i know quinn you mentioned earlier that the comment that adele made about adele not making music for gen z is that she's really taking her time with these songs like a good majority of these songs 
go well over five minutes. Like, this is only 12 tracks, and, like, I would say almost half of them are at least six minutes. And so she really carves out blocks of time to just say what she wants to say. She lets moments just linger. And I think this is one of the most powerful examples of that on this record of just really the listener, you know, just sitting and just peering, you know, listening to these conversations that are just really, really, again, there are no easy answers. There are no easy solutions at all. And again, I think it just speaks to the humanness of it, you know, that we glimpsed with the first two tracks. And then she, I feel like if Easy On Me is like a six or seven, this immediately shoots up to like a 10. And in terms of just the vulnerability, and I am just, I was completely blown away by it. I still get chills thinking, even just talking about it right now. I'm still like getting chills thinking about it. Yeah, and the album order, like the ordering of these tracks is so intentional. And like, we start with Strangers by Nature, where like the decision has been made and it's been reached. Like, we're not doing this anymore. And Easy On Me confirms that and is also just like, Kind of like that deep breath before you, like, know, like, okay, like, I've made the decision, now here's the consequences. And, like, this is really, like, the heartbreaking, like, okay, now we have to have this conversation with our child. And, or I have to have the conversation with our child. And, yeah, it's really, it's just heartbreaking stuff. And, like, I again like Adele's trying to be easy on herself but at the same time like she's not letting herself off the hook either and like I just she's not the only person affected by this decision to leave her husband like it's there's an immediate consequence of this and that's like there is a whole other person whose entire life has known you know these two people together and like she's violating that and and breaking that for this kid and like again i many many celebrities have um gotten divorced and had Mm -hmm. children and like i don't know that we ever get like this intimate of a portrait of what that like emotional anguish is and like i just i'm not a parent i am not married and like i have no idea what that experience is like but i can imagine that you know a mother who has, like, I was put, like, this song seemed to me to be about, like, Meryl Streep's character in Kramer vs. Kramer, which, Mm -hmm. if you haven't seen that, that's, like, probably my favorite Meryl Streep performance of, like, you know, that movie is primarily about Dustin Hoffman and his relationship with his son and, like, basically learning to be a, um, a, a dad to the son. And the, of course, as is typical for Hollywood, Mm -hmm. you know, the female character is given like nothing to work with. And Meryl Streep, you know, is not, is, you know, the, the mother who leaves her child at the beginning of the movie. And then towards the end of the movie, she comes back and is like, I want my child back and I want custody. And, and of courts tend to favor mother, um, custodial arrangements and so, like, and then, of course, the dad is like, well, I've just, like, learned how to be a single parent and bonded with this kid that you abandoned. And, like, it's very easy to see, like, how the audience could turn um, this mother character into the villain of the story. But, like, because of Meryl Streep's, like, expert portrayal of this character and, like, how well she's able to 
let the audience see that this woman like truly had no other choice. She was so depressed and so unable to care for herself and care for her child that she had to get out and leave in the manner that she did. And like, she got the help she needed and she's ready to return. Like she just made that character so complicated. And I think ultimately won an Oscar for this performance. And like you watch the movie and you don't hate her. You understand where she's coming from. And even if it's like hard to watch her, you know, per potentially take away this relationship you've seen grow between the father and the son, like, you also want her to become part of this child's life again, too, because y you know that she got the help she needed. And, like, yeah. I feel like this is the song version of this, and, like, mm -hmm. I just have so much respect for Adele coming forward and saying, like, hey, like, I know that I'm bringing you unimaginable pain and that is, like, very traumatizing, and I feel super guilty about it, but this is just what needs to happen, and we're going to get through it together, even though it's going to be complicated and messy, and, like, it's going to cause some pain. And, like, I just love that, like, she's telling her son, like, mama's got a lot to learn, like, in all of this. And, like, I think, I think that that's something that our society doesn't really, like, encourage. Like, we like to look up to older people as, like, having all the answers, and, like, I just mm -hmm. think that's really cool. That she's saying, like, I'm the authority figure in this situation, and I have a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. Like, that that just seems like a really bold choice. And, yeah, like, I mean, some of this stuff is just, like, this voice note that she's, like, I'm hungover, I'm not doing too well, I'm feeling anxious, I want to just lay in front of the TV and watch sweats, like, I haven't been doing great lately, it's like... Girl, <laughs> the pandemic, man, like, it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just... It's, like, painfully relatable, but, yeah, like, some of these, like, are also, like, voicemails she left her friend, and, yeah, it's just, like, it's, like, let us in, Adele. Like, yeah, this is, it's gonna be a tough one to just, like, put on, like, a Sunday morning fun day playlist, like, yeah. I don't know that it's something I can listen to a whole lot, but, yeah, yeah. it really doesn't even feel like a song. It yeah. feels just, like just a, a foray into someone's life and I'm glad that she shared this because I think it's um just something that a lot of people can relate to and yeah it's just it's powerful stuff okay so Adele's made the decision to leave it's she wants us to be easy on her she went and had the hard conversation with her son and now we're on track for cry your heart out like this is really the falling action of like okay mm -hmm. You've done all of the actionable items, and now all that's left is just to cry. You know, yeah. it's just it's just time, and like it's just adjusting to this dramatic change. Mm -hmm. And I gotta say, like, "Cry Your Heart Out" is not one that stuck out to me on like the first, second, or third listen. Like, I think it just something about you know the previous track is so memorable mm. and unique like it yeah. just following this it feels like okay you know like maybe you're mm. not focused as much yeah but i've really grown to love this uh motown 60s vibe like mm. this is like the most true like girl group 60s song i think on this record yeah and yeah it's just it's very infectious and like it was written about like this period of time post-divorce where she just felt like really depressed and really lethargic and like you gotta cry your heart out and I also really appreciated in like reading what she had to say about the song too is she's like 
you know, I know that this is not like the most glamorous part of grief and yeah. it sucks, but mm-hmm. also like sometimes you need to just cry it out. And mm-hmm. like, I think as a man in the oh, world, yes. like mm-hmm. I think so often, like I was, I never cried growing up. Like I was just like, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. That's not what men do. Like I will be emasculine if I don't if I cry mm-hmm. and like as I that's something that like uh, my relationship with tears has changed a lot over time mm-hmm. and now I'm just kind of like if I need to cry I'm just gonna cry mm-hmm. and like I I found myself really um like I loved that Adele included this and made that like part of this process of like let's just have a song where like we're not doing anything today mm-hmm. we're just gonna cry and we're gonna process our emotions instead of like denying them and not letting mm-hmm. ourselves experience them and yeah i just i think the song grooves and i definitely think like this is one of those tracks that like could work its way onto some very interesting playlists like, <laughs> by other songs yeah yeah i i totally see where you're coming from i feel like this is a track that i'm not necessarily as big on as you are i certainly don't think it's bad by any means i certainly like it i maybe it just has not fully clicked with me yet i think definitely have it having it next to my little love on the track list a track that so deeply and kind of profoundly you know touched me i think definitely like i like it it just always kind of felt like more of an interlude to me as opposed to kind of a fully fleshed out song which i think even if this was an interlude it could work i feel like there's just a little bit of dead space that i feel like could kind of be cut out but yeah overall i still like it i like kind of the 50s you know girl group kind of that motif and that influence i think it could be i think it would be an interesting addition to a playlist or two And yeah, I, yeah, again, it is not one of, it's not super high in my personal ranking, but I do very much appreciate and respect its place in the track list. And I think it, obviously, it it still belongs here. It's just one that did not stick out to me as much as some other tracks on this record. So now we move on to track five, which is... Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> um and yeah, so Adele's kind of had this period of like the whole eating ice cream in front of the TV phase, like don't talk mm. to me, I'm a mess. Yeah. And this I thought was a really like great transition from mm-hmm. there. So we talked about their relationship with Simon. It we we're pretty sure it started around 2011, but honestly, mm-hmm. Could have been earlier than that. Yeah. And, I mean, so Adele had 19, which, again, I don't know if Simon was in the picture then or not. Mm-hmm. But 19 was a pretty big deal. Like, won some Grammys. Like, was it a big success. But, like, 21 is really when Adele became this, like, astronomical superstar. Yeah. And, like, oh, my God, is this realization of hers where it's like, this is the first time since I've been, like... Mm-hmm. Otherworldly famous that I'm single. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that is like it's such an interesting realization it seems that she comes to here of like i don't really know what that means for me like i've yeah. had this something so stable for this period of my life where a bunch of really unstable things have been happening to me yeah 
And, like, now, like, what is the likelihood of jumping out of my life and into your arms? Like, mm-hmm. what's next? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, I, what, I find myself in such a peculiar situation. Mm-hmm. And I also have to say, just sonically, like, this is one of the most upbeat songs she's ever done. Like, oh, yeah. I think instantly I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. this is something a little different. And yeah. Poppy and mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, for sure. I... At the time of this recording, this is going to be officially released as a single, I believe, tomorrow? Is yep, that... officially released Officially tomorrow. released tomorrow. So, I mean, I no projection of where this song will go. Sorry, not no projection. No idea where this song is going to go, but, like, I think this is a number one record. Oh, like, yeah. I don't I'm calling my shot. I think the song's going number one. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be all over radio. Yeah. I think it's... It's gonna be like this is another like very single worthy like mm-hmm. pop leaning track like again I don't think you can turn my little love into like a club jam yeah but mm-hmm. like this song I think has the versatility and just mm-hmm. the the radio readiness to take the world by storm so I think this song will go number one if not minimum top ten oh yeah for sure for sure yeah I I definitely agree with that I think. This, like, Oh My God and Easy On Me are probably the two most accessible entry points into 30. And I think for very good reason. I really appreciate kind of the burst in momentum after Cry Your Heart Out. I really, I really like this. And I feel like, you know, it's kind of this moment of contemplation. There's a lot of hesitation with Adele being like, Oh My God. Like, I'm, I'm terrified. Like, this is a moment where, like, I've been in this relationship for so long and I'm in this new phase of my life and I'm potentially on the precipice of starting something new with somebody else. Maybe it's a one-night stand. Maybe it's something more than that. Who knows? But, you know, it's the fact that you're, you know, it's like this, the moment right before something is about to happen. And I think she is really able to kind of create this really just kind of fun, not necessarily fun, but just like this kind of very listenable, you know, jam out of this kind of predicament. And, you know, there's a real sense of urgency to it that I, that I really appreciate. And I think there's just, again, there's just so much complexity to all of the emotions that Adele really kind of showcases on this record. And yeah, I, Yep, I really like this song, and I am excited to see how it performs on the charts. Hopefully, it gets that number one spot. I think this is certainly deserving of a number, at least an at least one week on Billboard number one. I just I love the world weariness here yeah. too. Like teetering on the edge of heaven and hell is a battle that I cannot fight. I don't have the emotional capacity. Like I just I feel like I've been there so many mm. times in this oh, pandemic yeah. of like. Here I am again in a situation that I've been in before, and I do not have the emotional energy to turn this into a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I just, I, I love the maturity here of, like, you know, like, someone like you, like, this woman is, her whole world is mm-hmm. ripped open. And here it's like, her whole world has been ripped open again, and, like, we're definitely going to get to those, like, heartbreaking like someone like you type big yeah big emotions type thing but here it's just like i'm not even gonna go there right now like let's just see how this goes yeah <laughs> like yeah i just i love i love that that the presence of that energy here of just like i'm i'm, I'm too old for this. <laughs> go easy on me yeah 
And so now we are going to move right along to track number six. Uh, can I get it? And, and this is Max Martin and Shellback. Yes. So that's their introduction to the album. Again, this last from uh, Easy On Me up to Oh My God, it was uh, Greg Kirsten, Adele uh, collab. Mm-hmm. And then Max Martin and Shellback have worked with uh, Adele previously on Semi Love mm-hmm. To You Nude Lover yes. on 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, this is their only track with Adele. And of course, we've talked about Max Martin. Oh, yes. Shellback is also a great producer. He's mm-hmm. kind of the new, like, Dr. Luke yeah. mold, sort of mm-hmm. like a Max Martin's right-hand man yeah. these last couple of years. One of my favorite collabs Max Martin and Shellback have done is um, uh, How Do You Sleep with Sam Smith. That's, oh, that's um, a good, very a, underrated uh, song. Uh, so underrated yes. and amazing and also, like, one of my favorite music videos of all time. Oh, it's very good. Uh, side note, I'm sure we will do... What is that album called? Love, Love Goes? Goes. I'm oh, sure we'll Love do Goes. Love Goes at some point. Love Goes is very good. Yes. But anyway, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a tangent there. But yes, now we're on to Can I Get It. Yeah, and overall... Yeah, I think it's a really... I immediately knew that this was a collaboration with Max Martin because of the introduction of the acoustic guitar. And it like this imme- immediately made me think of uh, Send My Love to Your New Lover, which is one of my favorite Adele songs. That's one of my favorite tracks off 25. I, I, I love that song. And yeah, I feel like this is a really, a really fitting progression from Oh My God. And so now we've kind of moved from this moment where we're kind of on... The, the moment before, the moment before, you know, this kind of this, like, recognition that, oh my god, we're in this space, that am I going to make this decision? Am I going to go home with this person? Am I going to, you know, kind of take this step forward, or, I'm, or am I going to stay where I'm currently at? And so Adele has made up her mind, and she is asking, can I get it? And, you know, she's saying, without your love, I'm hollow, I won't make it, I won't make it on my own. And, you know, this is, again kind of you know this is a moment where she's like can i get it it's you know it's very simple it's kind of to the point but i think she has the vocal conviction and i think again with the acoustic guitars again kind of creating a very kind of diverse sonic soundscape i think she's able to make it work i think the whistling was a very interesting addition i feel like there yeah, hasn't was, i felt like i was in 2013 literally i was gonna I, <laughs> yes i was like i have not heard like a whistle and like no, that a, was like pumped me. up kicks, whistle by flow, Rida, yes. ho hey, like there were oh, just yes. all of a sudden like many whistling songs. Yes, and then they kind of left. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, that was a moment that kind of took me by surprise. And I was like, okay, have not heard a, a, a whistle in a song in a, a hot minute. Yeah, I I gotta be honest. So Adele, like in the progression of things, like she's like, oh my god, I could get with anyone i could do anything right now like i'm famous but i'm single like what yeah. a what a new spot for me to be in mm-hmm. and then she talked about like the dating scene in la was not really my cup of tea <laughs> like yeah. just a lot of like that whole like just people want to hook up and like mm-hmm. whoever cares less wins sort of yeah. mindset mm-hmm. she was like yeah that wasn't really my cup of tea and like now she's just kind of saying about like what it what type of love do I actually want versus, like, what's on the table here? And, like, I'm sure Adele isn't, like, on Tinder. I don't know how she dates people, but, like, yeah. this really did feel like a, like, mm-hmm. Tinder disillusionment sort oh, of yeah. song. For sure. Which, like, I don't know if you've been dating in this <laughs> day and age. Like, I yes. relatable. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess I wish it had more of those details and it was, like, less aspirational. I also think, like, it's sort of vaguely sexual and I wouldn't mind her, like, like go go for it, Adele. Like, don't hold back. Like, if that's what you're, you're you know, going for, then, like, let's hear. Which, again, she's already let us in a fair amount, so mm-hmm. maybe yeah. I'm selfish to expect her to let us in more. Mm-hmm. Um... And yeah, like, I was reading a lot of stuff that, like, oh yeah, this is super, like, single-ready. And, like, I could definitely see it becoming a single, but, like, yeah, I don't know. I think there would be other choices that I would put ahead of that. And um, I, I, I guess I kind of wanted... This was, like, the first song that we talked about that I maybe wanted a little bit more from. Yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, it, it fits with the story. Like, I, I can't argue with its placement. Like, this mm-hmm. is a continuation of the story. And, like, I just... I know I would... I really want to hear Adele roast the men... Yeah. <laughs> the men of the Los Angeles metropolitan <laughs> area a little bit more. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm sure she can. Oh, yes. Uh, But, yeah. No. This is a solid spot for it. And, again, like... Max Martin is mm-hmm. like one of the most bulletproof hit makers. Like even Adele isn't immune from oh, Max yes. Martin's <laughs> Swedish charm. Yes. So yeah, nice to see him here too. So now we are on to track seven, which I the hill I will die on. Best song title in the whole I, uh, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I drink wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like yep. That's <laughs> we got to the point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what so, kind of wine do we think Adele drinks? Ooh. I feel like she's a Chardonnay lady. Ooh. That's my bet. Ooh, interesting. I I am no wine connoisseur, but I feel like Chardonnay would be a good guess. I don't I know. Think I think she's think... a white wine guy. Ooh, oh, I was going to say red wine. Interesting. Oh. Interesting. I was going to say red wine. I would not peg her for white wine. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I think, no, I will say, I think 21 was a red wine album. Mm-hmm. And I think 25 might have been the rosé stage. But now yeah. I think she's on to whites. Oh, I think red wine that's has an inter- her stomach. And now she's 30. <laughs> you know, that's an interesting progression. Like, imagine if she, like, released, like, wines to, like, coincide with each one of her albums. And, like, that it followed that. genius. <laughs> Adele Adkins. <laughs> Call me up. I have ideas. No, actually, yeah. Blake has ideas. Sorry, I just stole your idea. <laughs> we have ideas. Yes. If you wanted to partner with the Pop Maestros for your own line of wines, we'd be happy to workshop some and ideas. And she has a song? Like, yeah. I Drink Wine Wine by Adele. <laughs> oh, Incredible. it's there. It's yes. right in front of us. Adele, notice us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So sorry, the song itself. Yes, the song itself. Is... Yeah, it's an homage to like the the Elton John, Bernie Taupin song. Yeah, uh, which you can definitely hear. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is Greg Kirsten. Yeah, that's the last collab that they have on this album, but it makes mm-hmm. up the lion's share of the first half. Yeah, and yeah, I mean. I think, again, this is the type of relatable stuff that I think is a little more easy, for lack of a better word. Like, I hope I learn to get over myself and stop trying to be somebody else. It's kind of like the natural progression of, like, maybe part of the problem with me dating other people is, like, I'm, you know, I need to acknowledge, Mm -hmm. like... No, there's no one perfect person out there. Like, it's yeah. more just, like, like that's not... Mm-hmm. I might need to get over myself a little bit um, yeah. in order to move on. 
mm-hmm. and be happy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think I just the song title stood out for me. I don't know that this song stood out for me in the same way. Yeah, I if I'm being completely honest, this is probably my least favorite song on the record. I love the title. And, but yeah, I feel like, I'm not going to say it veers into kind of cliche territory, but I feel like it loses a little bit of specificity that it had going on with some of these earlier tracks. And I don't know, there's also something about the background harmonies on this track. It's so just like from a production standpoint, like the background harmonies, they like they feel like they're distorted in some way. And that they just sounded very cartoony to me, and it was just a little bit off-putting. So I feel like just purely from a listening and kind of just like a listening perspective, something about this song just kind of fell off. And I feel like it's not one of Adele's stronger vocal performances or mixes on this project. So yeah, I think I can definitely see why she included it. Again, I feel like it kind of embodies that sentiment of like she's making music for her generation. And I think that sentiment of I drink wine is like very much like in the spirit of what this album is truly about. So I appreciate it and respect it from that perspective. But yeah, I think just from kind of a production standpoint, it felt a little cluttered, felt a little kind of rough again do not really know what's going on with those harmonies in the back they don't sound great and she doesn't actually say i drink wine yeah in the song she's no like, she does oh oh does she yeah she does whereas i only i use i soak it all up for fun but yeah. now i only soak up wine okay i guess we do have mentions of wine but yeah i i don't know i i think i i think the issue was the title was so good i wanted the song to be better yeah I think so. And I don't, again, I don't think the song's bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like it would be something really fun to watch, like, in a live concert setting. Yeah. Like, I think this is something. And again, like, it takes its time. Like, it's over six minutes. Like, mm-hmm. it's really one you can pour a glass of wine to and sip and sink your teeth into. And, like, I think some of these songs already, like, I've gone on a bit of a journey with them. And these are just our initial reactions. And I think, like, truth be told, like... Mm-hmm. You know, there's only going to be a couple favorites, you know, of the oh, album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yes. Also, according to Rolling Stone, there is apparently a 15-minute version of this song. I don't know that I need to hear that. So, I am curious if 10 years from now, I, Adele's I Drink Wine is going to get the Taylor Swift All Too Well treatment, where we're going to get the 15-minute version in, of I Drink Wine Someday in some re-released version of 30. I I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but again, it would be interesting if it did. Now we're going to park into track number eight, which is appropriately <laughs> titled All Night Parking. <laughs> Whoa! I know, I'm just a master of wordplay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is the this is 30's only official interlude. So this is track number eight, All Night Parking, and it's a collaboration with... It's a collaboration with Errol Garner. Yes, Errol Garner. Uh, yeah, it's, it has a musical uh, sample mm-hmm. of Finding Parking, which is a 2017 song by jo- Joey Pecorero. Mm-hmm. And that song samples No More Shadows, 
mm-hmm. by Errol Garner. And uh-huh. yeah, this was a very cool collaboration. It was, I seem like a bucket list thing. Like he plays Errol Garner as a piano player. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's cool to see um, two greats coming together in that way. And yeah, so I guess Adele briefly found like a relationship right after her divorce that was like great, but it was long distance and kind of like doomed from the start. Ooh. So the thing I really like about this all night parking thing is like, Mm-hmm. I love the idea of like staying up all night with somebody because like you kind of know when morning comes like it's mm-hmm. not it's gonna be a different story yeah so yeah like I think this is a strong interlude that continues to share the story of like shit's complicated like it yeah. just is mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I think yeah I think it kind of taps into that kind of you know the idea of almost like a situation ship really well and you know i think it's an interlude usually i'm not the biggest fan of interludes and when i rank albums i typically put interludes at the bottom by default just because i feel like they're not really sort of fleshed out or super complete songs like they are interludes but i feel like this was given enough thought and enough care and enough intention that it felt honestly kind of like a full song to me and that you know there's enough here well, and also, it's two minutes and 41 seconds. Yeah, so like, it's very long for Other, minutes. like, all these Spotify Syndrome yes. albums, like, two minutes and 41 seconds is, like, the average track length these oh, yes. days. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, it really didn't feel like an interlude to me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like we were talking about positions recently. It's oh, like, yes. several of those songs that were not interludes felt mm-hmm. less complete than yeah. All Night Parking. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've made it eight tracks without any real explicit, like, disses against Simon. Mm-hmm. But track nine, Woman Like Me, mm-hmm. <laughs> Adele takes the gloves off. Yes. Yeah, no, I I love how aggressive this song is mm-hmm. in, like, couched in pretty, um, like, softer production. Yeah. And, yeah, this is where we kind of hear some of the explicit grievances of, like, okay, mm-hmm. why did Adele leave this man? And I, I, again, love where this comes up in here because, like, we've... She says, I've drank wine, and, like, now she's had, like, the happy drunk, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. ooh, a little chai is something to help me forget and escape yeah. this. And now this is, like, the, like, I'm pissed drunk sort of thing. And, like, yeah, yeah in writing this song, like, this is really where, like, she came from this... As from a more like angry perspective, um, yeah, and I, you know, that's like painting the full portrait of what happens. Mm-hmm. And, like this is probably the song like she most needed to clear with Simon before releasing. I would assume, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think that this is really it's great, and like I, I think that like she's hitting on some themes that like. I've had situations with people, like, in, uh, this is broadly relatable beyond Mm -hmm. just, like, a romantic relationship of just, like, being really frustrated that someone Mm -hmm. isn't taking advantage of, like, the situation they're in. Like, they have a huge advantage, and they're not doing anything with it. And, Mm -hmm. like, I think, being on the other end of that, it's like, I've been in the situation where I've had the advantage and not made the most of it and, like, not, you know, shown someone how much I care or, like, mm-hmm. like those types of things. So, yeah. I, mean, I just think she's hitting on some really complex and interesting stuff here with a woman like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think 
it's such an interesting track in that you know production wise this feels like one of if not the most stripped back kind of track on the entire project and i think but i feel like it's kind of like in contrast with these really sharp very kind of cutting lyrics and i i like how you kind of point out that we're kind of at like the i'm pissed stage of being drunk and there's just some really 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 powerful lyrics on here a lot of just really clever wordplay uh, one of my favorite kind of stanzas is we come from the same place, but you will never give it up. It's where they make you feel powerful. That's why you think I make you feel small, but that's your projection. It's not my rejection. Yes. No, that, that was a standout lyric to me too. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that lyric. And I think it again, it's just a testament to, I feel like how much Adele's lyricism has really just improved over these kind of, throughout her career. I feel and it like, was never bad. Yeah, it was never bad. Yes. <laughs> to be absolutely clear, her lyricism has always been great, but I feel like she has taken it to a whole new level with 30. And I think this is one of my favorite examples of just her sharp wit on this project. And I think she really just kind of hits a home run here. I, again, this was a track that it took me a couple of times to really kind of digest, but once it kind of sunk in, I was just like, ooh, I, I like this. I, I like this. This is this is really good. Well, and there's enough here, too, that, like, even though this is certainly, like, not painting Simon in the best light, like, there's also, like, I think you feel for him, too. Yeah. And, like, I, I don't know, like, it's, again, with, like, it's not my rejection, it's just your projection. It's, like... I know a lot of people that, like, walk into a room and think everyone hates them. And, like, Mm. it's not true. But, like, I just think anxiety and social comparison and, like, social media has really come up. And, like, I think this is a really salient problem in a lot of relationships that exist Mm. in 2021, romantic Mm. or otherwise. Oh, yeah. Where, yeah, like, people are, like leaning too heavily on their closest relationships because they're like so insecure mm-hmm. and aren't able to like cultivate and build mm-hmm. an adequate social support system. Yeah. And then then at the same time like take for granted the person that is providing like kind of an undue load of their um social life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, like, I, I do think, like, even though, like, some of this is really cutting against Simon. I keep saying Simon. I guess it's just against the person <laughs> that she's singing about. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I still think that there's enough here that you can really see him as a fully complex human being, too. And that really seems to be her intention here. Like, this yeah. man is still her child's father and yeah. her next-door neighbor. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, I, I think that that is worth um, noting here. This is the first collaboration with Inflow, who is uh, an English producer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and he works with um, a collective called Salt, and uh, I really, I enjoy the musical mm-hmm. chemistry that um, uh, Inflow and her are bringing to the table with this album, and Inflow does collaborate with her on Hold On, which is the mm-hmm. next track, and then yes. Love is a Game, which is the final track, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, Greg Kirsten kind of is the chief architect of the first half, and I think the Inflow tracks really close out mm-hmm. and, and start to, to wrap this album up uh, towards the end. Now we arrive at track number 10, Hold On, and... 
yeah overall just kind of my general impressions of this track i i don't know this is one that i it was not it was has not really been a standout for me even listening to it even listening to this whole project or a couple of times i you know i appreciate the sentiment of it it is hold on you are strong love will soon come it's again kind of this mo it's adele holding on to hope and again it's kind of you know thinking about grief and how it comes in waves and cycles and you know you kind of you know in psychology there's like you know the five stages of grief but you know we often don't experience those in a linear fashion and so it's kind of this kind of very raw grief coming back but i feel like again it's kind of a track where we lose a little bit of the lyrical specificity especially coming off of woman like me where we get this really kind of you get a little bit more of that grit and kind of that complexity and that detail and you know, it feels like it's just a little bit more just kind of the language is a little bit more vague. You know, a lot of the verses, I swear to God, I'm such a mess. The harder, the harder that I try, I regress. I'm my own worst enemy right now. I truly hate being me, which, you know, it's, it's this very kind of mo it's this very kind of raw moment of self-loathing, but there's again, this moment of hope trying to hold on even amid how badly kind of Adele hates herself in this moment. Uh, she's she's trying to hold on and you know it there's kind of like there's this big kind of like gospel choir moment at the end which those people singing are her actual friends versus oh. like a professional choir oh. so that is what i like about oh, this song, okay i did that not know that she was like those were the people in her life oh. telling her that oh. at the time so she had okay. them come in and sing it okay so, i like that yeah that, that, that gets that get bumps it up a couple times. yeah so there's 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 stuff there <laughs> yes definitely again like i do totally agree with you mm. though like i think this the message of this song is not all that complicated yeah and i feel like i get why like when you make a project like this you feel the need to include the song like the way through it is to just hold on like the way out is through like you'll you'll get there it gets better be patient mm -hmm. like it is true yeah. and it makes some sense and like this is you know i do love when adele gets kind of bluesy and gospel -y. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um but yeah like i agree with you like i think it is missing um some of those like details mm -hmm. that could bring it to a new level and um i wonder if it couldn't have just been better i yeah. see more room for improvement uh in this than i do some other tracks um but yeah like i think it works here mm -hmm. stylistically and i can see you know this being just like something to play if you're you know just needing a little uplift and yeah. again i think it's very cute that her friends are yeah. the ones singing here with Aww. her yeah i i love that now we are moving right along uh to track number 11 which is to be loved and i feel like there's just so much to kind of be said about to be loved as a whole but just for starters, I think Adele's vocals are phenomenal on every song that she does. She, I think she has truly cemented herself as one of the defining vocalists of our generation and really of all time. But I feel like this is really kind of just the pinnacle of what she offers on this project in that we are just hearing her, especially in the final kind of minute of the song, just belt her heart out and it is just an absolute just it's astonishing 
to listen to. And there's this very kind of voyeuristic quality to this song in that, you know, again, it's more, it's, again, it's, it's not really breaking any new territory that we haven't already approached on this record, but the way that her vocals really, again, bring out this heartbreak and this tragedy and this sadness, it's just, I feel like her, again, the standout is the vocals, and it is just, it's phenomenal. I maybe would disagree with you on oh. that. Sorry, sorry, it might okay. be controversial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen a lot about this song. Like, I think To Be Loved has really become, like, the the critical darling. Like, I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of lists put it as the number one song. And yes, like, this song is such a foray into, like, the the deep emotional anguish that Adele is experiencing. And, like, this... She's been described as the queen of heartbreak, I think, mm-hmm. deservedly so. Yeah. And, like, this is just another tour de force in that category. Vocally, there's some really impressive stuff here, but, like, I, like, physically my throat hurts, like, <laughs> listening to some of this stuff. Like, she's not singing, like, with a very safe vocal mm-hmm. technique. Like, I'm just, like, worried her voice is going to hemorrhage, so it's hard for me to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, I mean... Mm-hmm. In terms of, like, emotional affectedness, yeah. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Like, this yes. is one of her most affecting oh, vocal yes. performances. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, it legitimately sounds like there are tears streaming down her face while oh, she yes. is singing this. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, she wrote this song and, like, they were with um, Tobias Jesso Jr., actually, who, side note, Tobias Jesso Jr., um, has worked quite a bit with Cautious Clay, who is one of my very, 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 very favorite artists, he released an album this year called Deadpan Love that Tobias Jesser Jr. was um, a co-write on a couple mm-hmm. of tracks. Again, we were talking about being spoiled for riches this year. Deadpan yes. Love is certainly um, one of uh, mm-hmm. one of those projects that like an artist I loved came up with this year. So, um, yes, I, Tobias Jesser Jr., great songwriter. Um, and they like worked on the song together in mm-hmm. a, a room somewhere. And like they actually went back to that room to record the song. And like it was just like... They got the, like, mm-hmm. I think it was, like, two or three takes that they did of this song. And then yeah. Adele was like, I need a margarita. Who's out with me? Like, mm-hmm. get me out of this room. I can't do this again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, like, it is just, like, emotionally raw. And I, I think the the refrain here yeah. is just, like, let it be known that I tried. And it's mm-hmm. like, Adele, I believe you. Yes. Like, <laughs> I, it is clear to me that you mm-hmm. tried. I'm totally here, like, and I, I hope her son hears that, mm-hmm. too, you know, in whatever ways that he needs to. And, yeah, like, it is, it's powerful. I, I like, my, my one critique is just, like, it just kind of, like, hurts my vocal cords to listen to this song. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Adele, please don't hemorrhage your voice again. Like, we really need you to keep making this stuff yeah. when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I... I think it's it's great. I totally understand why it's getting all the praise that it's getting. And it's stunning. One thing that we haven't talked about yet that I would want to draw attention to is I love the album cover for this. This is, like, my favorite Adele album cover. And, mm-hmm. like, because she's looking, like, straight ahead on this profile. And it's, like, 
what is she looking at? Like, it's, yeah. it could be Angelo. It could mm-hmm. be Simon. Yeah. It could be a mirror. Mm-hmm. It could just be, like, it's this album is, like, such a conversation, like, with herself and mm-hmm. with these other, like, key players in this, you know, dramatic upheaval of her life mm-hmm. that, like, I again, I, I see this song, like, I, I don't know, the image matched with the message of the song, like, just her telling someone like mm-hmm. yeah please know like this this was a failure but like i tried i tried yeah. i did mm-hmm. and that is um really touching and mm-hmm. yeah this is just like in terms of emotion like being left <laughs> in emotional carnage like yeah. this is the song that'll just devastate you if my little love didn't get you mm-hmm. uh to be loved will yes and here we are at track number 12 so now we have reached the end the grand conclusion of adele's 30 and it is love is a game and i'm just gonna jump right into it this is my favorite song off the album i even from the first time that i heard it this was just immediately the song that i latched onto the most and i think what it does is it takes a very kind of similar sentiment. It takes a very kind of familiar sentiment, you know, this idea of love being a game. I, of course, thinking think of the classic Amy Winehouse song, Love is a Losing Game. Yes, yes. Yeah, and knowing how much uh, that of Adele's career has been inspired by Amy's. It can, I can very clearly see the Amy Winehouse influence in this song, so partially maybe that is why I love it as much as I do, given how much I love Amy. But this is six minutes and 43 seconds long, and it just, it does not feel that way. Every moment feels just so enrapturing and captivating, and it just, this feels just like a finale. Like, it's just such, it's just so kind of cinematic and grand, but there's just such a sadness to it, you know, even beyond the sentiment of love being a game that fools play it's this what a cruel thing it is to self-inflict that pain and i think it's just such kind of a provocative way of thinking about you know what it means to love someone thinking about loving someone as being painful and not just being you know as this very kind of wondrous you know carefree thing and that you know real relationships are painful and that you know people get hurt and that it's a very it's very much it's able to kind of just juggle so many kind of conflicting and complex emotions and i think even like honestly it's a very sad closer that you know we've gone through this whole journey and unfortunately it you know i wouldn't say this is like it ends on like the most desolate bleak note ever but it's still a very kind of not necessarily i don't want to say tragic but there's still a lot of Adele's pain is not resolved by the end of this album. And I think that's a very, this is a very kind of bold song to end with. And, you know, even the final, you know, the final kind of stanza is, I can love me, I can love again, I love me now like I loved him. But there's kind of this air of desperation and sadness to it, almost like she's trying to convince herself. And again, I feel like it just so beautifully encapsulates all of these kind of conflicting emotions that she has throughout this record. And I feel like it's just such a showcase of everything that Adele has been exploring and presenting to us. I feel like she has really refined it and brought it to this one complete package that I 
I've listened to this song 61 times in the past two weeks, and it is, I think it is by far and away my favorite off this record. There's just so much I can say about it. Honestly, it may be one of my favorite Adele songs ever. And who knows, as time will tell, this may just be, you know, again, this is just our first impressions of the album, so that could change, you know, a month from now. But who knows? But I think of, as of right now, Love is a Game is kind of the track that has stayed the most with me. And I, I'm a huge fan, and I really think it is just the true kind of central thesis statement of all that 30 has to offer. And I think just the way that I think 30, it's just, again, such an album that also just has such a phenomenal opener and closer, opening and closing tracks. I feel like for a lot of the albums that we've done on this podcast, I feel like by the time we kind of get to kind of the closing few tracks, we were kind of feeling a little bit tired. We're kind of a little bit worn out, but it's, but I think it was such a treat to finally get to the end and be treated to my, essentially my favorite. So I feel like she really saved the best for last with this. Yeah, I think you can really see the connection very clearly with Strangers by Nature and then Love mm -hmm. is a Game. Yeah. I think they work impeccably as openers and closers. So this song was written with Inflow, uh, again, with Women Like Me and Hold On. Those are the ones that made mm -hmm. it onto the album. And it was written with uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's in mind, and it was like sort of the credit song that mm -hmm. never happened for yeah. that movie. And like they played this song like for critics and stuff with that mm -hmm. movie like uh -huh. on mute <laughs> uh, and yeah yeah i mean this is mm -hmm. again such a meal of a song six minutes and 43 mm -hmm. seconds the exact same track length as to be wow. loved mm -hmm. they're tied for the wow. longest mm -hmm. on the album and it's just a really strong closer i actually will argue that um it has the best hook on the yes. whole album like I love agree. is a game for only fools to play which sounds lame when I say it, but just listen to Adele. Yeah, <laughs> uh, don't listen to us. Yeah, I think there's a strong, really strong, like, hook mm -hmm. in the song matched with some of the, like, I think that's maybe what's missing from I Drink Wine. Yes. Like, some of these longer songs, like, I think you need, mm -hmm. you need something to kind of, like, oh, yes. bring you back up and recenter you and refocus mm -hmm. you before diving back in on these long songs, and, like, that's what works so well. You either need that, or you need a complete sonic mix-up. Like, you need yeah. it to be Bohemian Rhapsody, or you need it to be American Pie. You know, like, Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody has, like, these different acts, mm -hmm. or American Pie is, like, also super long, but, like, that, mm -hmm. that chorus is, like, yeah. it brings you back every time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that, like, the hook here is really strong, and what, like, keeps this song from, like losing a momentum ever mm -hmm. and yeah it's just like it's a romantic delightful closer that uh experiences a lot of the like anguish of this album but like i i might even disagree here in terms of like i don't think it's actually that terrible it's kind of her saying like I'd rather feel all of this than live a life without love, which again mm -hmm. is not that original of a concept, but yeah. because the album builds to this moment, mm -hmm. there's added weight. Like you really like fully get that she understands what she's saying. Like yeah. I think a lot of times those type of songs are sung by people or like artists that maybe don't have as much like depth of maturity in their material or mm -hmm. like 
they're just like sung by a 17 year old that like <laughs> doesn't know any better but like here yeah. she's 30 and she's saying she's just like you know i do it all again mm-hmm. i got my kid out of it who's the love of my life and like i'm you know i'm not just gonna roll over and not try to find somebody and not like pursue being loved i learned a lot from this relationship and like and yes i do agree the pain continues yeah uh and that's really evident here but uh yeah it's like a message of hope which is very cliche for the last song on the album but it's it's not like it's it's hope with a newfound maturity and understanding like this is this song takes so many cliche elements but Mm -hmm. then like enhances them expands upon them and again like really parallels the product this like new dreamy 60s mm-hmm. production yeah that i think is a great kind of newfound sound yeah. for adele and like mm-hmm. really sort of the the visionary artistic moment here and like i just think like adele's core sound is mm-hmm. so strong like yeah. You know, this, like, really sincere, mm-hmm. um, emotionally vulnerable, relatable person who has great pipes and just, like, a real sense for, you know, mm-hmm. witty lyricism. Like, yeah. that recipe is already so potent mm-hmm. that, you know, you can see. And I I mean, I don't... 25 is not an album I know really well, and I definitely yeah. want to dive into that as, as you know, this mm-hmm. project, this podcast continues. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I, I think that maybe even 25, like, yeah. suffers more from that. But, like, this album sees her musical exploration in such a like mature way that makes yeah. a ton of sense absolutely and yeah like here's to be loved like mm-hmm. just an, an opus yeah. of all of these things it's <laughs> yeah. like the best parts of adele past the best parts of adele present yeah. and an exciting pathway for adele's future hope but not blind hope mm-hmm. and yeah, like love is a game for fools to play, and a whole lot. There's a whole lot of fools, and Adele will yeah. gladly be one of them. <laughs> yep. Alrighty, so before we jump into our combined ranking, uh, we are gonna briefly discuss the bonus tracks. Which Quinn, I'm gonna hand this over to you since I feel like you have a, you've had a little bit more time with the bonus tracks than I have. Yeah, so we've got three Target exclusive bonus tracks, at least at That's the time of such recording. A, that feels like kind of like such a throwback, though. I feel well, like it's exactly. been forever since I've seen like a C, like a Target exclusive like bonus tracks that haven't also been available like on digital like streaming services as well. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and again, I don't even like drake you know i don't think he could pull this off you yeah. know like he's not putting his bonus tracks at target but mm-hmm. adele sells man like yeah. it's a good tactic mm-hmm. but yeah we've got wild wild west can't be together and then easy on me a duet with chris stapleton uh i think the standout here for me is wild wild west i love the reimagination of like wild wild west as um los angeles <laughs> rather than just like the yeah. The frontier. Uh yeah, Wyoming. that that really taps into more like the country bluesy production that I think it really is reminiscent of twenty one, you know, mm-hmm. like twenty one I, I know was inspired by a lot of, you know, like southern gospel, you know, rootsy type of music. Yeah. And uh Wild Wild West I think is a great return that fits there. I think that thirty is really impeccably put together. There's a lot of thought and detail that went into the track list. 
And I can totally understand why all of these songs ended up being bonus tracks. And yeah, I just don't, I don't think I've had enough time to digest them. And so much of my energy has gone into understanding this project as it is. And this is just really a different sort of, different sort of uh, exercise uh, that we're doing today. Like this is really different than our typical material. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, they were not going to include these in the ranking and you know, we'll see what happens with them and if they hit Spotify or if they get legs and become singles or not. But Mm -hmm. I really liked Wild Wild West when I heard it. And yeah, there's some more Adele for the Adele fans and more money for Target and for Adele. So we all win here. Yeah. So, should we dive on into our track-by-track rankings? Yep, let's do it. Okay. Well, clocking in at number 12, um, again, I think if we made a a list of the best song titles on 30, Mm -hmm. uh, this would be number one. But at number 12 is I Drink Wine. Again, I think what we're missing here is, like, that, that hook that, like, I think makes Love is a Game, you know, Mm -hmm. makes that long track work like I, I think it's yeah. uh I see what they were trying to do with I drink wine I maybe just was hoping for a little bit more yeah I I concur I concur and so for number 11 we have hold on again it has a very a very nice sentiment love that Adele's friends were also included into the actual production and mix and making of the song I think that's a really cool detail that I did not know before tonight and I think adds a little bit more to it but yeah, I think lyrically not as strong as some of the other cuts on here. I think, yeah, I think it's just, again, I'm missing a little bit of that lyrical kind of specificity, that gravitas that w- we get glimpses of on the other tracks here. So yeah, hold on, number 11. And then number 10 is Can I Get It, which I just wish it were more of a roast of Los Angeles Tinder. <laughs> uh, I see what they were going for, and it's nice, but... You know, someone, one of them has to be number 10. Yep. And then at number 9, we have All Night Parking. A, a very fun interlude. Some very kind of unique and fun production here. And yeah, I feel like there's not really a whole lot to be said about it beyond that. Just, yeah. Yeah, number 8 is Cry Your Heart Out, which I think is going to be a grower here. That's okay. my projection. Because mm-hmm. I, again, like, it didn't stand out to me a ton the first couple times through, but, like, I really started to love it. And I could actually see it having some late-game single potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like, I love, I love the 60s production here. It's something sort of new and fun for Adele that I hope she explores more on a future project. Yeah, exactly. And then at number 7... Uh, we have Oh My God, 30's next single, which I'm excited to see. I think we're both excited to see its chart performance, but honestly, probably one of the songs that you could really jam to off this one, and yeah. Oh, I already have. Oh, no, this is like course. a car jam for me, for sure. Nice. And then six is Woman Like Me. Like, this is... A, is it the best lyric on the whole album? Like... On standalone, it's up there. Yeah, I would say it's a competition between either Woman Like Me or Strangers by Nature. Yeah, great lyric. Uh, I love it. The the scathing lyrics paired with the more low-key production. Really strong offering. Mm -hmm. And then at number five, we have what I consider to be the best vocal performance on the album as a whole. 
I know, Quinn, you are very worried about Adele's vocal cords after I it. I just but... have some concerns. Yes, which is fair, which is valid. Adele, we want you to take care of yourself. Make sure to drink some honey with Lemon tea. water. Yes. Lemon tea. Yes. Yes. Uh, that is uh, to be loved. Yeah. Great emotional, uh, um, an emotionally uh, impactful moment. Yes. And number four, we've got the lead single, Easy On Me. I think are kind of expected in sound, but in the context of the album has become deeper and richer uh, and, of course, radio-friendly. Lots of lots of interesting meanings, and I, I think this song is... It's already a classic, and I think it will just continue yeah. to be so. For sure. And then at number three, we have My Little Love which I feel like there's so much that could be said for this track, but truly, truly, truly just so powerful in every single regard. Again, really kind of just shatters all expectations for what you would expect from an Adele record to have kind of a track like this, almost seven minutes long, have over half of it be comprised of just, you know, voice notes and voicemails and just really kind of just this really raw intimate look that we feel like we don't really get that often from stars of Adele's caliber and just a moment that I really, really genuinely appreciate. And so thank you, Adele, for my little love. Truly a phenomenal, phenomenal track. And our number two song is Strangers by Nature, the opener of the album. Kind of the biggest stylistic departure. Yeah. uh, Just this dreamy, soft opening that sets the album up really well. Uh, Something new and exciting Mm -hmm. that um, I I loved to hear from Adele. And again, a great lyric, as previously mentioned. Mm Mm-hmm. And then for our number one, we have Love is a Game. <laughs> to pretty much no one's surprise, this was my this was my number one from the very beginning. The, from the first time I heard it, I knew it was gonna be my favorite. It was Love as First Love at First Listen. And yeah, I feel like this is just so emblematic of all of 30's triumphs as an album. Adele's uh, maturation as an artist where she is in her life right now her grand comeback to the contemporary music scene this is just there's again we've already kind of gone we've already spoke about this track at nauseum but wow 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 what a closer what a closer yep and I am just still in awe of this song I I am very hopeful to when Adele announces the 30 tour someday whether it be next year or two years from now if she even wants to tour she may not want to tour for this record which i she won't need to (laughs) she will not need to but but if she chooses to i will happily see if i can score some tickets but yes i think i would love to see her perform this song live in some setting because i feel like there's just so much that could be done with it and yeah one of one of you i can already say this is one of my favorite adele tracks ever I think this is just phenomenal in every sense of the word. Okay, Blake, so, so far, mm-hmm. what do you think the most streamed song on 30 is? I feel like that's 
I'm gonna say easy on me. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's... <laughs> At this point, the album has, like, not... I guess it's now been available for over a week, but mm-hmm. not much longer than that. So, yeah. No surprise, it's easy on me. Do you have a guess for what the second most streamed song is? Ooh. Is it Oh My God? It's actually not. Oh. Oh, no, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I was seeing something else, but yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, my God. It's at 41 million. Okay. And then after that, we've got Can I Get It? Mm -hmm. And then followed by I Drink Wine. Oh, interesting. And then what do you think the least stream song is? Is it All Night Parking? It's not. Oh, okay. Is it Hold On? Nope, you're gonna. It's this is a trend. It's it's a uh, love is a game. Oh, which it, I mean, it's the last one. That's fair. That's fair. It's, but it's... Uh, yeah, it's at fourteen million. Okay, and then from mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. hold on is at sixteen. Million. Okay, it's a it's a close race. Everyone, go stream love is a game right now. No, woman like me is actually also at sixteen million and like okay. three hundred thousand behind. Hold on. So yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's early days still. Yes. We'll see how it goes, but that's that's where things stand right now. Mm-hmm. And so, any more final thoughts on 30, Quinn, before we announce what our album is going to be for next for next time? I this, this was a great experience. I, I loved this album and, and was very touched by it. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome back, Adele. Oh, so great to have you. You're welcome anytime. Mm-hmm. Please come and rock the industry whenever you feel like it. Yes. Um, but I am very excited to know where we're going next, Blake. Yes, and so where we are going next is we are bringing on someone very special. I know someone very close to your heart, Quinn. Indeed, Uh, and it's the holiday season. Yes, we are going back in time to 1994 for Merry Christmas by Mariah Carey. Ah, I love her. Um, Yes, that's what... One of, one of my cats is named after Mariah Carey. I'm a big fan. I've had some kind of conflicting feelings about introducing Mariah Carey to the podcast with her Christmas album because I think there's this idea that she's only relevant in December. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, people don't necessarily look back at uh, the mm-hmm. really uh, uh, storied and uh, impeccable career yeah. and impact she has had as an artist. Um, but all that to say, I mean... I think at the end of the day, her biggest contribution to American culture will be, uh, to global culture, mm-hmm. will be uh, All I Want for Christmas is You and her um, status as the unofficial queen of Christmas. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it seems only fitting for us to um, make our wish come true and talk about Mariah um, this holiday season. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tune in for that. Until next time, thank you so much for listening to the show. We appreciate it as always, and we will again see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.